Hey, welcome once again into the Soccer OG. That's me, Max Bretos. We have a cracker of a show. It's always good, but it's really good. So I'm gonna save some time here on the minutia. So let's go. Rate, review, download, subscribe, and tell a friend of our beautiful little podcast here. Spread the word. It do you don't have to be American or North American. This is a show for the world, and we are going global here tonight, recapping the draw from the Copa America in the James L. Knight Center, where I used to watch Florida Championship race Wrestling in the 80s, Ringling Brothers, Barnum & Bailey, the smell of urine all over that place, and now it's hosting the Copa America. All due respect to the James L. Knight Center. I saw some bionic elbows from Dusty Rhodes there. So I have, it is holy ground if you ask me. So talking about Copa America, back on the rails, we will be joined by Alejandro Figueredo, who is an announcer from MLS Season Pass, also calls games for BN. He uh, is from Uruguay, so we'll have some per perspective there. But these, I'm bringing you the, the creme de la creme from the Spanish language uh, soccer community, football community. Jaime Macias, also with MLS Season Pass, works for Football Infantino. You can hear him on Sirius XM as well. These guys uh, know their stuff, and we will be recapping the draw Right here, how it fares for the U.S., who are the favorites, group of death, you name it. El grupo de la muerte. Del muerte. Uh, de la muerte. So uh, that's one part of the show. Coming up in Check Complete, my MLS Cup preview. Uh, I am getting ready to fly to Columbus here tomorrow. It's on a Thursday. I'm recording this, so I'll be out there on Friday. So check my social media handles, Max Breto Sports on X and Embredos on Instagram. We will have it covered, but I'll give you my preview and a few thoughts of what's happening in Major League Soccer circles. But we're going to get started in the rundown. What a few days for the English Premier League. Let's go. I've got to discipline myself. I want to talk about Copa America. Very exciting. I want to talk about MLS Cup. Going to talk about that later on in the show in the business end. Alejandro and Jaime, and then later on, check complete. I'll give you my two cents about what happened with the LAFC 3252. I'm with LAFC, and obviously, it's put some you know, a, a wet blanket of sorts over MLS week because you know you don't want people talking about that. You want people talking about the games and the teams. So it is what it is. We'll touch on it a little bit. I, I, I'm not in privy to give up too much information, but uh, we have a lot to talk about. This the soccer world is amazing, but I want to start in the rundown with the Premier League. And we were reminded this midweek why the Premier League is the best in the world. We watch everything all the time. To me, the only leagues that really resonate on a regular basis uh, are the Premier League and the Champions League. So the Premier League had a midweek round covering Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And from... The moment Wolves beat Burnley to the moment West Ham came from behind to beat Spurs, we had just a, a remarkable 10 games that proved that the Premier League is king. Even in a season where Manchester City, uh, really the Premier League title is up for grabs. Maybe that's part of the appeal, but I, I just would have to start it with every game feels important. I can't even say that about the Champions League. To you know, some degree we can. After that, you can't say that about La Liga. You certainly can't say that about City. Uh, uh, the more we watch of the Bundesliga, it just doesn't match up. Nothing across the board. Atmosphere, you name it. Everything is carrying some weight. This is the result of the massive amounts of money coming in for broadcast and at the gates. 
and for merchandise and the star players because every team is compelling and it's fortified this league where we're getting different teams that will win it, I think, moving forward. Uh, we'll see if Man City comes back, but they lost. That's part of the week. They lost to Aston Villa, so a monumental surprise there. And Man City are now six points off the lead of Arsenal after 15 games. And Man City being pulled back. And you, know, you look at the top. You know, Arsenal can certainly win it. Liverpool can win it. Man City can win it. That's probably it. But I feel very confident this is a much better effort from Arsenal than last season. They obviously fortified their team, including Declan Rice, who scored the game winner at uh, <laughs> Luton Town. And they are ready. They could do it. Liverpool, I'm a little more concerned about, but they are still a, a stacked team. And they can get better in the winter marketplace. Aston Villa has been remarkable. They are in third place. I don't think they're going to keep that pace. Tottenham Hotspur have a lot of injuries, and they haven't won in five, was it? And that is a, a club that, quite frankly, I don't think is as good as we thought it was in September and October. They're a good team, but they're not a, a top four team. We'll see what happens with Manchester United. Newcastle have really dropped, but we that's probably a result of Champions League duty, but they're very good. Chelsea's in 10th. We get the feeling they're going to get something going here. I've been impressed with Fulham. They scored five goals over the midweek. It's it's just, you know, I've never been one to get all smitten on the Premier League. I was very critical. If you watch this, I'm very critical about the Premier League's position. And remember, they couldn't get over the top in Champions League. But now they've done it. Chelsea won it. Then Man City won it. Um, it doesn't mean that their Champions League... I think their Champions League capabilities are going to be tarnished or made more difficult... Because it's so crowded at the top. You're not going to get the big four every year. They're going to rip through here. You might get Newcastle. You might get Aston Villa next season. That is the reality of it. And as, you, as it looks right now, that to me is exactly where the Premier League wants to be. You don't want to have these heavies like Real Madrid and Barcelona, which aren't as heavy as they used to be, let's be frank. Bayern aren't as heavy as they used to be. The, the Bundesliga has been good, but you can't say it has been important that you have to watch it like the Premier League. And I try to watch it all. And I'm sitting here, I'm yawning through the city <laughs> as I try to watch our Americans play. But it is tricky. Just going through these matches quickly. I want to get to all, because we're going to go long, I know, but uh, this is going to be a great show. Just want to reinforce this without getting too wordy. I'm going to go through these games. Luton Town. Three, Arsenal four. So Arsenal come from 3-2 down. And Declan Rice scoring in the 97th minute to put to, in a game where they should have lost. At the very best, should have got a point. They got all three points. Fulham shelling Nottingham Forest. The return of Raul Jimenez. Not the return, but his best game. He scored a couple goals. Liverpool win at Sheffield United. I, I stand by that this is the worst promotion class I have ever seen. And Sheffield United is the worst part of it. Burnley hasn't been well. Luton Town is trying, but they fell a little bit short. Manchester United beating Chelsea 2-1. That on its own merits would be good. Uh, the game winner from Scott McTominay. An important game for Manchester United, who, as bad as they are, they are just three points behind Man City in the standings. And they haven't played well, right? They haven't. They've been a mess. And there they are. This is what the Premier League is giving to us here in 2023. Aston Villa won Manchester City nil. Aston Villa not only beat Man City, but they ran them. They were convincing. They were the better team. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. 
an eye opener. Leon Bailey, who we've been we've almost forgot about, all of a sudden trying to be the best player in Concacaf. He was phenomenal. Everton three, Newcastle nil. You know, I, I, promotion's not that going to be that great in England, except for the fact that they docked Everton those points. But they that has inspired them. They are an angry team, and Everton now ripping off victories. They have won two of their last three unbeaten. They won three of their last five. So they're getting points, and even if they maybe they get some points put back in the bank from their appeal, but even if they don't, they are they are safe. The three teams at the bottom: Luton, Burnley, Sheffield United, and they've all be, kind of beaten each other. So. Everton's been an incredible story, and it's it's accentuated the relegation. But I think Everton's going to be out of that relegation picture. I don't think relegation is going to be that compelling here in 2023. It was when Everton was docked those points, but they've got them all back. And finally, my West Ham Hammers coming from behind to beat Tottenham. Tottenham led thanks to Christian Romero, and then you know they had like 90 percent possession, and then they just. Uh, West Ham had to go for it. They got the equalizer, then they got the winner. And now Tottenham is winless in five. Four losses in that stretch. And that's going to put pressure on Ange Postacoglu. But again, I don't think they're that good. But this is the thing. You had, I think, six games that you could have called marquee. Tottenham-West Ham, which is a rivalry game. Aston Villa-Man City. Manchester United-Chelsea. Luton Town-Arsenal. And then the next tier, you have Liverpool, I haven't even mentioned. And then Brighton-Brentford's a great game. I haven't even talked about it. So it's just fantastic, fantastic from the Premier League. And that was a midweek, and now it's set the table. It is the best league in the world, there's no doubt about it. And we're all kind of chasing it. But we have the Copa America here in North America. We're very excited about that. We're going to head into the business end. Joining me, Alejandro Figueiredo, Jaime Macias, to break down the groups and our predictions and how the U.S. will do. Of course, this is the Soccer OG. We enter the business, and I'm very excited about this, everyone. I'm very excited because everything is fresh in our memories. I'm recording this on a Thursday. We just had the Copa America draw, and we are going to go right off the cuff. It's not a one-man job. It's not a two-man job. It's a three-person job, and we have Jaime Macias, who's a uh, broadcaster on MLS Season Pass and his podcast, Football Infantino. You also call games as well uh, on the weekends. I mean, you're, you're calling games all the time, right, Jaime? And you're on oh, SiriusXM. There's games all the time. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm calling, uh, I, I was going to say Premier League, but uh, it's uh, all the soccer that uh, Telemundo has. So um, there, you, there you go. So yeah, you hear his voice a lot, which is, is very comforting. <laughs> which is <laughs> so somebody the other say uh, somebody that knows me personally but didn't know what I do for a living. Uh, one day he was watching one of the games I was calling and he was like, "Oh, I've heard you from a long time." Like, yes, kind of my my voice being different on air than than one on one. You have footballero voice, so there you yeah. go. <laughs> Alejandro Figueiredo, there he is, also with MLS season pass. Uh, just. The man to know on all things football Uruguayo, which makes sense because we have USA and Uruguay. And Alejandro, I, I've got to befriend these guys over the year on the road at MLS Season Pass, and they are super buena gente. Thanks for joining us, Alejandro. Oh, uh, thank you, Max, for your inv- invitation. It's it's a pleasure for me 
to be with you and, and Jaime talking about soccer, about football, about Copa America, oh, Copa America. about Uruguay, Estados Unidos. <laughs> you know what? Um, I was I'm excited because everyone said we want you want a favorable group and you do. But I think for the United States, you want to get as many good games as you can. You don't know how far you go. So when I saw Uruguay, I was like, good. That's a. Uh, that's what they need, and they're they're going to get a hard group and a hard trap. But I think that one is a is a really nice just game on the back end of that group to hang your hat on. Yes, yes, I I think really I am in touch with the Uruguayan fans by Twitter. Are all the people in Uruguay are very happy with this draw because you know United States obviously is the the host team. But then Panama and Bolivia, it's a, a, a very good draw for, for Uruguay. And, and especially for me, the chance to, to see the national team playing in my city, in Miami, against Panama in, in the first game of the Uruguayan national team. Well, that's all that matters, Alejandro, that you get to see them. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's only for me. <laughs> well, okay, so we'll go through the groups. Uh, Group C, USA, Uruguay, Panama, and Bolivia. Group A, Argentina, Peru, Chile, Canada, or Trinidad and Tobago. Group D, Brazil, Colombia, Paraguay, Jamaica. I'm sorry they're doing them out of out of out of order because I want to set up for Group B because Alejandro's from Uruguay and Jaime represents Ecuador, and you have Mexico, Venezuela. Originally, it was Bolivia. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a draw where they had it in the group. They go, no, you got to take that out because we can't. Yeah, have, yeah. We yeah. Gotta. So, Jaime, you get uh, Costa Rica or Honduras. How do you like uh, Ecuador's group? No, we get Jamaica. Oh, Jamaica, that's right. So, Brazil, yeah. Costa Rica, Honduras was in group D. I can't even no, remember. No, no, but, but you were right, Max, because when Bolivia was draw, then they figured out that it, it, it has to be a CONCACAF team because you cannot have three CONCACAF teams in a group, right? And they corrected it wrong. They corrected it, put in Costa Rica or Honduras. I was watching the draw on Univision, and 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 the, the I don't remember the name of the person who was broadcasting. He was like, "No, that's wrong. That's wrong." Like he he knew it that they were. That's good. They caught it. Yeah, yeah, they caught it. They caught it. The, the wrong. So we're getting Jamaica. Jamaica. Jamaica is it's it's a it's a team. Look, man, that's uh, a hard group. Because Venezuela's, yeah. Venezuela's been very good, and Mexico's kind of a co-host. Not really, but sort of. Yeah, and, and Ecuador has struggled in, in Copa America big time. Like, it's the only team that have never won it. Uh, we haven't, uh, we have never won a uh, uh, um, knockout stage game outside of Ecuador uh, when we hosted in 993. So it's a tournament that for Ecuador, it's very hard. It's, it's, a, it's a tough, it's a tough tournament. Um, but now that it, the debate in Ecuador has opened on it's still an advantage to play in Quito because all the players are uh, European-based and, and the altitude is not a, a, an advantage. We can see something different, right? Because because Ecuador, it, it's technically going to play in an environment that is favorable to, to the players. So I, I actually have them winning that group, Ima, if you could believe that. And I like but Venezuela is much improved. They have some nice wins at World Cup qualifying. That's a tough game. And Jamaica's improved too. They have a lot of those Premier League players. But I think that's going to be a very competitive group. I like Ecuador for whatever reason. So am I crazy? 
No, you, you're not crazy. You're not crazy. There, there is something that it's. In, yeah, you that, wouldn't tell me if you if I really was though. No, I will tell you. You know, we we <laughs> we're in that point of our friendship. <laughs> um, I think that European-based teams struggle a lot in mid-season tournaments in comparison with to teams that they're not that much European-based, and I think that's going to be key for Venezuela. If you see the the Ecuador and Jamaica, they are very European-based uh, teams. They are the players are going to arrive to the tournament after a long season. Uh, and Venezuela, it's more like a mixture. They have a lot of players playing in different South American leagues. They have a lot of MLS players. And Mexico is a, a home team, uh, uh, a home base base squad. So I think those two are the favorites to win the group. Do you know where Ecuador and Jamaica are playing? Ecuador and Jamaica are playing in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, that had to, that can't be, that's 60,000 seeds. Come on. <laughs> well, I I was thinking uh, I was thinking in the other one. Like I was thinking like Ecuador Venezuela in Santa Clara. Oh, because that's even bigger. Yes, yes. Like well, maybe they pull it off, but I mean they use the big NFL stadiums. But that's uh, I'd go. I'd be excited. I'm just saying, Joe Public in USA maybe not as much. Yeah, k- kind of like. Look, is there is this like an exercise for the for the, for the World Cup on terms of logistics and 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 how the venues sure. operate? If that's the idea, good, because I don't think there are going to be as much sellouts um, as we had in the 2016 Copa America Centenario, because I, I, yeah. there were there were there were places that we were not playing in that Copa America as we are but, playing now, right? Jaime, Jaime, for example. In this tournament, Uruguay play against Jamaica without chances in the last round of the of this group stage at Santa Clara. In 2016. Yeah, yeah. In, yeah. in 2016 in Copa America Centenario. In Santa Clara, in the in the Levi's Stadium, Uruguay played against Jamaica without no chance to qualify. And how was it was they get they get folks in there? Was it kind of full? Yeah, I, I, no, I, I, I no. very, very, no, not much people, obviously. Okay. Well, that's going to be an issue, but I'm fine with that. I don't want to take shots at, you know, I, I, it's, it's, yeah, it is, course, it's yeah. a dry run for the, it's going to be a dry run for the World Cup and to see the logistics, well, smaller yeah. tournament. Because, because yeah. in comparison, in comparison, Max, um, for that Copa America Centenario, uh, there was no Miami, there was no Las Vegas, there was not, not, no Kansas, uh, and you had uh, Seattle. Chicago, right? Uh, Foxborough and Philly, right? More uh, very big uh, communities from different South American countries, right? So for me, it's a big question. Like, uh, how how is Kansas gonna do with uh, Peru versus uh, Costa Rica or Honduras, for example, in Kansas, right? Or 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 or, or the Las Vegas games? What? Let's. Uh... Is, I was going to say, is there a Grupo de la Muerte? But there really isn't. I mean, there's a couple. I think Argentina's got to be happy, uh, Alejandro. You know, Peru, Chile, Canada, TNT. That's probably yeah, the best of group. Course. Yeah. I, I don't know if you could say the USA. I, I, I tend to think probably Brazil, Colombia, Paraguay, and Costa Rica, Honduras, if there is one. Yes, for me, there, there is no yeah. death group. Definitely. Yes. No, no, no dead group. 
for me, the most uh, Thai group is uh, the Argentina one, like with Thai. the exception of our, yeah, Thai group, with the exception of Argentina, right? Yeah, for the second yeah. place. Yes, yeah, because Peru, Peru is struggling. It should be, it should be Canada out of TNT. And Canada in this tournament, I mean, as bad yeah. as it's been for them, should be able to play with Peru and Chile, which would be good yeah. for that group. Yes, and, and, and Peru is struggling, and Chile is in the worst form in this century, right? So saying that the team is very, that the group is very level, I'm not talking about that being good, right? There, there, there are three teams that are at the same level, but below, like, look, if Canada goes through, Canada will be the world, the team that played the World Cup together with Argentina. Like Peru and Chile didn't make it for, for Qatar. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's really interesting. Um, with regards, I, I would imagine Argentina is the favorite. They will be the favorite. But, you know, they and they've been great in qualifiers. They did lose recently. Um, but they don't really play. And we have this situation with Lionel Scaloni as if he's kind of suggesting maybe he's not going to be there long term. Lionel mm -hmm. Messi is not getting younger. And I say this, Alejandro, because with Messi, even though he's not getting younger, uh, he may not be functioning at his top level, but he has to play that role on that team for Argentina to be successful. So that's a lot of, that's a lot on a guy, you know, getting up there and has gone through so much. Uh, I, I like, I, I honestly think if I had to pick a team, it would be Brazil or Uruguay, even though Brazil have struggled in qualifiers. I think they'll get it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Brazil it's, 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 uh, you know, to, today was a very, very hard day for for the Brazilian Confederation. They're, they have a lot of issues. They don't have the coach for the next year. It's it's a a, a very special situation for Brazil, but also for for all the teams. We can take the consideration that the until the Copa America, the national teams will not play again for the World Cup qualifiers. So they won't play remember, from now till June for qualifiers. Yeah, because remember in no, March... No, to October, to, to September. But, so, yeah. but, they, but not before the Copa. Yeah, yeah not the, before. Yeah. They play... Uh, That's crazy. Friendlies on, on March, probably, but not qualifier uh, games. This is a, a, a very special situation because... It's different, you know, play friendlies that that reach the Copa America with the endurance of the qualifiers match. That's it. It's I don't think that's gonna help someone like Brazil. They want games, no. They would like they need, right now they, they, need they need to games. improve. They need to improve the, the the team. They need to to win, but important games. And they don't have important games. Until Lego of America. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's go through a little. Let's try and pick some teams here in the four groups to think. I, and I know it's difficult because I I'm certain that things are going to change a lot between now and June. And like you said, they're not going to be. You know, everyone gets freaked out about the United States not getting these games, but the South American teams aren't getting. I think Brazil's trying to secure a friendly with the U.S., which would be great. But we shall see. We'll we'll see how we agree on each group. So Jaime, you out of Group A, who do you, who do you think gets out? Um, 
and in the order. Argentina, Argentina, obviously. I think that they are the they, they are the big favorites. Uh, Peru and, is uh, Peru is last in World Cup qualifying in South yeah. America right now. It's crazy, and they got seeded in the second. I'm I'm gonna say Canada. Canada. <laughs> I'm gonna say Canada. Alejandro, who do you who do you like in Group A? I think yeah, I uh, I I can I can say Argentina, and obviously, if Canada reach the tournament, because we don't know, maybe Canada lose against Trinidad Tobago. Could happen. We we don't know, but uh, I'm I'm with Jaime. Yes, Argentina and Canada, the ghost Canada. <laughs> <laughs> do you think this is going to be good? Will it be good for CONCACAF? Because I think I, I think it will, because Mexico's used to playing here, so they have an advantage. They're mm-hmm. close to home. USA yeah. isn't home. That's going to help them. Yeah. Canada, same situation. I, I, I mean, we'll go through it, but do you guys think it's going to be good for the CONCACAF I, countries? I think that it's good for CONCACAF, and also it's very good thinking about the next World Cup. Yeah. yeah. I, I, think, I think Max said that, the perception of CONCACAF uh, for the outside of CONCACAF needs to change and that this is going to help and that Canada making it to the past World Cup start making that conversation happen. Because when when, when you talk about CONCACAF in, in South America or in, in other parts of the world, basically the first image is US and Mexico, right? And, and even though US and Mexico are better teams than what they were four or, or 10 years ago, they are top teams, so their margin of being better, it's not that big. Like, how, how much better can they be? How, how far they, how much can they improve, right? There are teams that constantly go to the World Cups, that constantly make the round of 16. So how much better? Winning it? Yeah, that's the objective, right? But, but that's a short margin when you talk about how many teams had played a World Cup final, semifinals, or, or a championship. But what I've seen, the biggest improvement in CONCACAFs had been the other teams, right? If we take the last three World Cups, we got Costa Rica making the quarterfinals in Brazil. Right. We got uh, Panama qualifying for the first time uh, and knocking the U.S. out. Canada making it back to a World Cup, winning the qualifiers. So I think that that's going to... CONCACAF is not going to gain respect through the, uh, to the world because of the U.S. and Mexico, right? Because they are all really established teams. It's... But but what the other ones can do. So going back to your question, it, it, it's going to be good for CONCACAF. It's going to be. I think they need to get three in the quarters, possibly four. But they need to get at least three. To your point, it can't just be USA and Mexico. Yeah. Group B, Mexico, Ecuador, Venezuela, and Jamaica. How do we see that? Mm. That's a tough mm. one to pick first and second, I think. That's a yeah. bit of a coin flip. Uh I think Mexico is, should win that group. Alejandro, Mexico Ecuador, winning, or I think it's for Ecuador. Me, for me, for me, Ecuador, Ecuador winning the group. Okay, and it will be a a very tight situation between Mexico and Venezuela. If Venezuela, if Venezuela keep the level showed until now in the qualifiers, so you're saying Ecuador, Venezuela, possibly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then Jaime, who's Ecuadorian, is like, what is going on? Because I think I'm going to pick Ecuador. I'm going to pick, <laughs> I'm picking Ecuador and Mexico. So our combined is if I put Ecuador one, Mexico two, are we okay with that? Jaime's not. 
No. Doesn't matter. This, you're going to have to deal with it. No. It's my, yeah, it's my show. I, I think Mexico Mexico's coming. <laughs> Mexico's winning the group. Mexico's winning the group. I think, I, Venezuela, I think Venezuela is stronger than Ecuador today. Uh, but you know what's the problem with Jamaica and TNT and all these teams, Max? That what? Because most of their players are not uh, born in those countries, right? Um, depending True. on what they are playing, they, are, they decide to come or not, right? Right. So how many Jamaican eligible players are going to say no to a Copa America in the U.S.? Well, I, I don't think any, no. They still that, that's what there. I mean. That's what yeah. I mean. So probably, probably it's going to be a tournament where Jamaica is going to have their best squad ever. Okay. As we have seen them in the, in the Gold Cups. Right? And I, I, I think Venezuela has been all – I mean, they are in fourth place in yeah. those qualifiers, and they're doing well against good opposition – um yeah. they the tied brazil uh, away they don't score it's you know, difficult to score on them they don't give you up know, a lot you know we were talking like at the beginning on what's the death group probably maybe this, this one. one yeah, yeah. i think now it, that we are going through the teams probably this one because it's so wide open i think i wouldn't i wouldn't want to give jamaica the short stick cuz they're good and they made it here direct yeah ahead of yeah. canada but I'm going to keep it Ecuador, Mexico. But we'll, I won't put your name on it. I'll say that Jaime did not agree to that. Put Jamaica there for me. <laughs> All right, Group C, Alejandro. Who? I mean, it's got to be USA and Uruguay. And uh, this one's tricky. I think the order of the teams is interesting because uh, you have to beat Panama and you have to beat Costa Rica and Honduras if you are USA and Uruguay. So USA opens with Bolivia then they play Panama, and then they play Uruguay. Yeah, yeah. The, the interesting thing... And Uruguay obviously finishes at the end with USA. Yeah, the, yes. This is the, 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 the very interesting thing here, that the, probably the first place of the group will be disputing this last game. Because I, I think that altogether we can uh, put... Uruguay and USA, but uh, but who do we put first, Alejandro? Yeah, well, I I, I bet for Uruguay. Yeah, Jaime, I'm I'm really uh, listen. I I like the fact the USA plays Uruguay last, and I think that could help them win the group. But I that's a very good Uruguayan team that's playing well, new leadership with Bielsa, and some good young players coming in there. They've they've moved on from you know the old guard of Cavani and Godin and Suarez, and I think that's gonna. Make that's going to liberate Uruguay, but I I, I want to hear what you say, Jaime. Because if make me confident about the USA winning the group, ah, uh, unless you're going to pick, we're talking about Panama. the Gold Cup finalists, right? Yeah, yeah, that eliminate the US on their way to the final. We're talking about a team that should have been in the last World Cup if it was not because of a terrible rainy night in Honduras. Am I wrong? Wait, are you? Are, wait, are you? Who are you, are you talking about? Panama. Um, Panama. I'm talking about. So Panama. we're overlooking Panama, as you're saying. I think we're looking. We're looking Panama. I was like, afraid you're going to say that because someone yeah, on no. Twitter said, no. "I said it's a tough group," and they said, "No, Panama." I go, Panama's no. tough. Look, I, I, I've been very positive about the three Concacaf teams we talk uh, about: Jamaica, about Canada, and about and about Panama. I think that Canada has a great generation of players. I don't think that this team is as powerful as it was when John Herman was the manager, right? Probably we already seen Panama's uh, Canada's peak, right? 
Um, we're talking about Jamaica because Jamaica has a big pool of quality players that they can choose from. But I think like in the whole round, the best team with the best manager, it's probably Panama of the three uh, CONCACAF teams. Thomas Christensen, yeah. He's really yeah. good. Yeah. So you're saying the USA doesn't get out of the group? No, you all right. I'm good chatting with you. We'll talk to you later. I have, I have, no, no. I have, I have like the opposite, the opposite of Alejandro. Alejandro was saying, okay, whoever's win the last game is gonna win the group, right? Oh, and I, I'm, I'm thinking more like that. Uruguay, Panama is gonna be key. The Uruguay Panama game. Yeah, it's going to. Let's take a look. So that would be the opening game. The opening game in. That's the one that Alejandro wants to go to. Yeah, but yeah, he's going to be there because he will be in an MLS assignment, probably. You'll get the Sunday MLS game, Alejandro. No, 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 no. It's always on Saturday. Are you worried about Panama, Alejandro? No, no. I respect, oh. obviously, no, I respect oh. obviously, all the teams, but not worry about them. June yeah. 24, yeah. we got to do a show, Maxi. June Let's 24, we got to do a show. Okay. <laughs> I am going to put Uruguay 1, USA 2. Is that all right? And Panama's going to make it difficult. I agree. And Panama's going to Panama's going to tie one of these. I bet you they tie the U.S., which would stink, and they want Berhalter out again. Oh, so now we go to Group D, which uh, is Brazil, Colombia, Paraguay, and Costa Rica, Honduras. It's Brazil, Colombia, top two, correct? It's just a yes, matter of the me. order. Yes, yeah. yes, for me, Brazil. So we Colombia. talked about Brazil. Is this going to affect them winning this group, Alejandro? I don't think so because no. you know Brazil is Brazil and yes yes I I hope yeah. that that uh, Brazil and Colombia will be uh, will reach the quarterfinals yeah no I, I Colombia unbeaten it. in world cup qualifiers three wins uh, and three ties and they beat yeah, yeah, Brazil yeah. yeah and they tied Uruguay but they've been very good so but I agree with you and even if when Colombia looks better like even we go back to the '94 World Cup, everyone wanted to put Colombia. I'm like, nah, I can't. And we, and sure enough, yeah. Therefore, uh, I think that that this one is more probably the more predictable max. Like, okay. I think that 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 Brazil, Brazil and Colombia, yeah, and and kind of like if we go deep in into Brazil's problems and or or why they have failed to spot their problems, it because they have been so uh, above any other team that the distance start getting shorter, getting shorter, getting shorter, and you're not able to identify that because you're still being better, right? And, and even though this is a Brazil without a manager struggling. They will they, that they will get a manager here the next month or two, no? No, I'm not sure. They'll I'm still have sure. the interim with... Yeah, well, the, the interim is, 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 is a couple Libertadores champion, right? Yes. It's, it's not like... It's but not he didn't like look good with Brazil. I mean, and that's yeah. a lot on his plate. He's, he's still in charge of Fluminense. Yeah. Yeah, but, but what I mean is like, Brazil, even though we can spot a lot of situations why they're struggling, they're still better okay. than the other three teams in the group. Fernando Diniz, who I like a lot, but that's a lot on your plate yeah. to be coaching that. Okay, let's go through the quarterfinals. Let's see if we can get a winner here. Alejandro, Argentina or Canada? Come on, Canada. Sorry? Who do you have, Argentina or Canada? In, I'm doing the quarterfinals now. Uh, yes, Argentina, obviously. Argentina. No, but Maxi, Argentina and Canada are in the same group. They cannot play quarterfinals. Wait a no, minute. No, 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 no. Obviously. Oh, it's Argentina or 
Argentina or, or oh, I'm sorry, I wrote it down the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, I did that. So Argentina, Mexico. Hey. Argentina, Mexico. Yeah. What do you think? Argentina. <laughs> sure. And then it would be Ecuador, Canada. How about that one? Interesante. Ecuador. Ecuador. Look, we got you in the semifinals, Jaime. Starts. Be happy. Uh, yeah. Argentina, Ecuador semifinal. I agree. He, he's looking for a contract for Ecuador on television. <laughs> Uruguay, Colombia. That's a good one right there. That's a Uruguay. good one, right? Uruguay. Uruguay. Jaime. I'm going to ask a question because I'm, I'm <laughs> doubting about the answer, right? Ask Alejandro. He's the expert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think of Bielsa in knockout stages? Like his record is not the best, right, Ali? Yeah, I know, I know, but uh, I'm just asking. It's uh, I think that it's not about coaches; it's about teams. Yes, it depends yeah. how 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 they they reach the this stage. It's you you can you you I think that you cannot say that Uruguay do not uh, do can't uh, can't do. Uh, win a match in in uh, quarterfinals because Bielsa has a, a a bad record in in those stages. That's what I asked a question, not not give a statement. Okay, okay, but yeah, that's, okay. Well, that's a big thing. I mean, because we're we're tempting to put okay, him very it, far. It's, ma it's more important the future than the past. <laughs> Uruguay. All right, it's the future. Okay, we got an answer, Jaime. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, what do you got? Uruguay or Colombia? Uh, yeah, the, the, like okay, Uruguay. Stop. Yeah, the, we, we it will be a surprise. It will be a surprise if it's not Uruguay. Okay, okay. And then USA Brazil. Ooh. Hold on a second. I want to see where this game is going to be played in Las Vegas. Is it? It's in Las Vegas. Yeah, uh, USA is Group C, right? Winner group. Well, they would be second in Group C. Oh, that's in so, Arizona. Arizona. Whatever. Under the roof. Under Max, the roof. Yes. Now or never for the yeah. US. I think so too. I think it's set for Brazil in there. I, I think, and we don't have a CONCACAF team in the semis. What do you think, yeah. Alejandro? Put us over the top. USA or Brazil? Brazil. Uh, it's too late. Me and Jaime have USA. Yeah. So we're good. It's now. <laughs> no, really. Really, man. It is now or never. It's now or never for the USA. Okay. That's a message. That's a statement that the US. I, I love these semifinals. Uruguay, it can't be Argentina again, can it? It can't be Argentina. Argentina, Ecuador, semi. Why not? Of course, why not? I don't want to put him in there. I think it's going to be Argentina, Jamaica, but you said Ecuador was going to go through. Oh, it's so, it's looking, Argentina beats Ecuador. And for, I mean, just because they, they do the things better across the board. It's not going to be a pretty game. And then Uruguay, USA. It can't it's be now or never for the U.S. No, I don't think they go that far, though. No, Uruguay. Argentina-Uruguay final. And let's go. I'm going Uruguay to win it. What do you think, Alejandro? Are you with I me? Don't, I, I don't answer this question. <laughs> don't picks in a final. Let's leave it at the final. I mean, but if it was, do, you, do you, have, you think it might be Argentina-USA based on our bracket? Um. Yes. Yeah. I like, love. I'm gonna call I, this pod. It's now or never. Yeah. It's now or never. Look. 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 Sorry. Max. Sorry. 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 But I think Max, 
that you 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 need to do the the picks again because <laughs> no no because the group C the group C the the quarters finals will be group A against group B and group yes, C yes. against group D yeah I yeah. did that we're already in semifinals Ale are are you sure that you do that yes and then it, yes. they stay on A B and C D they don't crisscross right yeah. for the semis. Which no, is a mistake. They, they should. Oh, okay, okay. Yes, okay, okay, yeah. okay. They should. It should be maybe Argentina plays USA and Ecuador plays Uruguay or something like yeah. that. But they don't do it. Okay, okay. Yeah. But Max. we have Argentina-Uruguay final or an Argentina-USA final. I'm good with both as long as the USA Ma make the semis. Max, look, I think that what Brett Halter had done with the US is 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 great. It's very good, right? Um, but this this generation is preparing for a World Cup in their home soil two years after the tournament we're predicting it's played, right? It's now or never. Because you, you've you seen, like, for example, how... And it's at home. That's and it's it. at home. You and have all home. the strength and you have all the wind in your sails. And Brazil is struggling. And uh, Uruguay, for me, Uruguay is the biggest example, like how hopeless this team looks at the World Cup and how... A manager, yeah, it's Bielsa. He's one of the greatest managers. Have influenced the team in three games to make it look completely different, right? So, for me, this is now or never for the U.S. Yeah, because it's a small tournament too. It's all in front of you. You win your group. You're in the quarters. You you beat. Yeah. You're in the semis against, mm -hmm. and you have all that equity with all these great teams. I think we've yeah. done some good work here, guys. I hope we can see each other before the Copa America. Is that a deal? Well, it's the, the, it does not depend on us. <laughs> <laughs> Alejandro, I hope, I, what I would do... I hope, to... we have a, I hope we have a room for each of us. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to go to St. Louis so we can continue our exploration of the Mississippi yeah. River, Alejandro. Wow, yes, yes. Obviously, yes. yeah, yeah. Enjoy the games. I appreciate you greatly. You are... I. I, I I'm honored that I get to to call you guys up and put you on my podcast. Uh, that is not lost on me at all. So I appreciate that. And enjoy uh, enjoy the buildup. It's going to be a lot of fun. Alejandro Figueredo, Jaime Macias. You can catch them on their uh, social media handles as well. That's it for the business end. We're coming back with Check Complete, a little MLS Cup final preview. We'll talk about all the news that's happening as well. That is next. Time for Check Complete as we preview the MLS Cup. Did want to point out something as an LAFC employee. So it's Thursday night, Friday morning, jumping on a plane chartered by the club where they're bringing the employees, including myself, uh, players, uh, wives, and families, and also uh, some of the prominent fans on these two planes. It's amazing. I just... I'll document it on my Instagram, so check it out. So I'll be there, but we're very excited about that. I'll be arriving Friday. I'd like to get to MLS Cup a little sooner. There's so much to do, and this is a really big game, right? This is a game, there, you know, MLS doesn't get lucky with this, where you have the reigning champion and you have this team that is in the Columbus crew that have captured the imagination of soccer fans here because of this coach who does it his way. And accentuates attractive football with the possession and the scoring goals of which they are the leaders among in both categories. It really is a remarkable team. And they went on the road to 
Orlando and Cincinnati to make this final. So they are dangerous. They are a slight favorite. That makes sense to me, but it's just a little bit slightly above a, a coin flip. And it kind of feels like that irresistible force versus LAFC, which right now is the immovable object. They don't give up goals. They haven't given up a goal in 320 minutes. Uh, They've just been really precise, shutting down the other team's strength. And I imagine that's the way the game is going to go, as we'll preview it here a little bit. I've spoke to a lot of folks. Check out Inside LAFC podcasts that I do. I was joined by uh, Taylor Twelman, Marisa Du, Bradley Wright Phillips. Spoke with uh, Ryan Hollingshead, the defender. The conversations continue. And this is going to be, it, it, it's it because Columbus, and I'll give Twelman the credit for this, because Columbus just doesn't care how you play. Um, you know, famously, Wilfred Nancy said that, um, you know, you don't ask him about the opponent because he doesn't care. He doesn't want to really look at them. He doesn't, he does that at the last minute. He puts the power into his team. We do what we do well. And LAFC kind of do that the same way. They have a framework to deal with. But they want to play their game, which has been transition and getting space for Denny Buwanga um, behind the back lines, which has worked in these postseason. So I just did that little wisp, lisp whistle. Sorry, I just amused myself. Before I get into the preview, I did want to talk about the news that came down um, where LAFC was being uh, fined $100,000, which is a whopping amount for MLS. You know, maybe in the NFL you scoff at that. In MLS you don't. That's a, a huge amount. And then there's going to be an investigation, and many members of that um, fan base that are there, well, I'm very close with many of them, um, it's going to be under investigation. They're going to find the people who had the flares. They're going to um, prevent certain things from happening until the investigation's over, probably drums and flags, which is going to really affect the in-game experience at MLS Cup and then next season because this is going to play out there. And obviously, it is something that's important to the commissioner and MLS, and they wanted to make a statement, and they did. That is a huge, huge punishment. You know, one of the biggest punishments for... I mean, they're not messing around. Now, I'm here to... I, I love the... When I first saw it, I thought maybe that... I know you can't have the pyrotechnics in the stadium. And um, I got excited and I filmed it and tweeted it out. And then you got ear that the security of MLS, you know, obviously is taking a closer look. I want to say this about it because I've heard a lot of reactions and a lot of it's flippant about saying fans can do whatever they want. And that isn't the case. And when it comes to flares, if one of those things catches a roof, I mean, it, it... I know people say, I feel safe with the LA, the 3252, and I do, but it takes someone to maybe get bumped, and that flare hits something, and that catches, and then you have a big problem. Those are high-potency flares. And regardless of the potency, and regardless of how safety they're being handled, if that's viewed as a risk, we have to honor it. And that's kind of it. It... MLS needs that stadium experience because we don't have the world's best footballers on the field like the Premier League. And we don't have some of those things. And we people tune in and the first images they'll see is the 3252 because it's the best image we create. It is. We don't have the players or the facilities to match that. And, you know, it's it's a dilemma. And, like, MLS pushes that all the time, the, the fan culture, which they've helped create. But I will tell you this as well. The Premier League doesn't have that. La Liga doesn't have uh, the flares. 
The big leagues don't have that. The Bundesliga is doing their best to try and get rid of it, from what I understand. So we're moving towards that. And have I been blown away by the flares? But I, I'm getting used to not having them. And we'll see what it looks like. But I don't want these people to get in trouble. I don't want them to get arrested. Or... I don't. So I want them there on the side of caution. Now, my issue is I wish there was a better way to put this punishment down than this Wednesday before an MLS Cup that we were looking so forward to. But I understand you got to do it when you do it. You don't wait till Monday, I guess. Maybe you can because it just put a wet blanket on the week. And well, that's the way I don't want to dwell too much on it. But I, I look, these are I've seen those those things up close and they're high intensity. And if a fire marshal or someone says that there is a, a risk, then I think you've got to kind of respect that. And it's just something that we're not going to have in our game. Columbus Crew LAFC, hosted by the crew, which are great at home, but they got here because of their road form. LAFC looking to repeat as champions. And if they do, we have to consider this club in the six years the best we've ever seen in MLS. Because you would have won two MLS Cups, even if they don't win MLS Cup. Let's say they do. Won two MLS Cups, reached two CONCACAF Champions Finals. Uh, they have had an MVP in 2008 and 19. They've had three golden boots. They have, you know, they made a League's Cup quarterfinal this year. You know, you look at everything they've accomplished, and that's hard for to match. There's been three teams, the Galaxy and was it 11 and 12, the Dynamo and was it 06 and 07, and then DC United. Remember, those were certainly... Leagues with a lot fewer teams. There's 29 teams. LAFC had to get by 28 teams in order to defend their crown or repeat as champions. It's a different league. So this is a lot trickier. And they've also done something here that is uh, unprecedented. When a team makes a CONCACAF Champions final, their MLS season goes to tatters. The Sounders won it in 2021, didn't qualify for the playoffs in 2022. Uh, Toronto FC, the same thing. They made a final, narrowly lost it, didn't make the playoffs the next year. It's, you know, it's a recipe for a bad season. And it was a bad season for a bit there for LAFC, but they found their bearings. And now they're this beautiful, well-oiled machine. And two incredible coaches. I talked about Wilfred Nancy, but Steve Chirondolo, you have two young coaches that you could both see as future USMNT guys. Although I think Steve's Future could be, uh, he's happy here. He's a SoCal guy, but maybe coaching in Germany or Europe, being that American coach to make that breakthrough. And Wilfred Nazi, the sky's the limit. The Columbus crew went out of their way to get him. He was a coach of Montreal. And you never see this in MLS where a club identifies a guy and, you know, and basically trades, gets him to come over and, you know, sign a new deal. And they did that because they believed in him. And now they're so well-led. John Thorrington, Tim Bezbachenko, two great uh, executives at their teams. These are the best two clubs when you look at it in MLS right now. Um, how they are created, uh, how they led, their ambition, two incredible stadiums, you name it. This is the two teams. All due respect to Philadelphia because they should be on that line, but there's something, you know, Columbus won it in 2020 in, a, in its COVID year, but they have all the pieces and so do LAFC. I mean, Columbus, LAFC's midfield uh, Timothy Tillman, Ilya Sanchez, Kellen Acosta has been fantastic. But then you look at Aiden Morris and Darlington Nagby. And then the goal scoring. I mean, Danny Buanga is 
has improved his game where he could be an elite player for a Champions League squad. Um, and Cucho Hernandez left Watford, came over here, and has built a resume. They are better players that if they went back to Europe, I can assure you they'd play for a better club and they would produce more because they were able to fine-tune their games here. It's a really good game. So I think all of, I don't, I'm not going to pick a winner, but everyone out there, enjoy it. This is a great showpiece. We need these in MLS. Uh, it's going to be on MLS Season Pass on Apple TV for free, and you can also see it on Big Fox at 4 o'clock Eastern time. And I think if you're listening to this anywhere around the world, you can access Apple TV off your phone. So check it out. I think we're in a good place in the league. It's slow growth, and I'll tell you this. When the offseason starts, which it will on Sunday, it's going to be an incredible offseason. We've already seen Luis Suarez coming here. Um... Who is the Swedish guy who went to the Red Bulls? I'm, I'm drawing a blank. But it's going to be a long list. We could see so many more players, so many clubs. I saw Zach Steffen probably coming to the Colorado Rapids. The worst MLS club is getting busy in the offseason. So this league is headed to it. Support it, especially for the United States. Pick a team and support it. And, you know, we're seeing good teams make it. Uh, it's not perfect, I know. But they're working on it. And it's a thrill to be involved with that all the time. And it's a thrill to be with the Copa America. Are you excited? Could we have an Argentina-USA? I mean, it doesn't feel far-fetched. Final. I really like that USA beating Brazil in the quarters. We'll talk about it more. Go to my YouTube under my name, Max Bretos. I'll have a more U.S. perspective uh, breakdown of the Copa America that uh, I think you'll enjoy. And we can talk more about it because this was more tournament-based. So I hope you enjoyed Jaime Macias and Alejandro Figueredo. We'll be back next week. We'll have a recap of the MLS Cup. So much more to look forward to. The Soccer OG Podcast. Rate, review, download, subscribe, tell a friend. And until I see you again, Mau Placido Domingo!